Hey moms, welcome to this episode of the Dorenda Wilson podcast. I'm Dorenda, wife to one, mom to eight, nana to 10, and 30-year veteran homeschooling mom. I'm also the author of three books, soon to be four, The Unhurried Homeschooler, The Four-Hour School Day, and Unhurried Grace for a Mom's Heart. My new book that's coming out March 5th is called Raising Boys to Men a simple, mercifully short book on raising and homeschooling boys. And if you'd like to stay updated as to all the giveaways and things that are going to be associated with that particular book coming out um, and just want to stay connected with me, I welcome you to subscribe to my email list. And by doing that today, you will receive free access to my devotional, Unhurried Grace for a Mom's Heart. I'd also like to invite you to join the launch team for the book. This is going to run February 19th to launch day, March 5th. It's a minimal commitment. There's a several, a few Zoom meetings where you've got interaction with me and a bunch of other moms talking about the book, asking questions. There will be a ton of giveaways, things like that. So if you would like to join the launch team, there is room for a hundred moms. And right now we are almost halfway there. So I'll leave a link in the show notes and it will take you to the page that explains um, just what the commitment is and what you are going to benefit from by being part of that launch team. So I hope you'll check that out. You know, every parent's mission is to equip their child with the best resources. And when it comes to math, CTC Math is the beacon that lights up this path. Its dynamic approach makes it an invaluable tool for both homeschooling families and those seeking supplementary guidance. With lessons that capture attention and ignite curiosity, it has transformed many a reluctant learner into a math enthusiast. Grace, a dedicated mother, shared this, witnessing my daughter's newfound enthusiasm and confidence in math has been nothing short of a revelation. Step into this world of enriched learning at ctcmath.com. I will leave a link in the show notes to make it easy for you to get there as well. Okay, today we're going to be talking about whether or not teaching our kids manners is all that important. So I'm going to be sharing my perspective as an older mom But before I do that, I want to remind you of a great resource that I I really encourage you to check into. Many of you may recall the disturbing experience my family had with CPS in 2022. Thankfully, the Lord protected us, but at the time, we did not realize that we could have had full legal representation from the Christian nonprofit Heritage Defense. Membership benefits include a 24-7 hotline for when CPS is at the door, full legal representation from the initial visit all the way to court and legal consultations at additional, no additional cost. All this for only $19 a month or $190 a year. I was so impressed by their coverage that I decided to buy a membership for my children and their families. I would advise other homeschooling grandparents to do the same. The peace of mind is 100% worth it. To learn more or apply for membership, visit heritagedefense.org, which you can find in the show notes. All right, the big question for this episode is this. Is teaching our kids manners actually that important? The short answer is yes. And today we're going to find out why. We're going to start with something very, very foundational. 
Uh, let's just talk about why it's important and what it teaches. So number one, when we teach our kids manners, we are teaching them how to treat others. We are teaching them to be other-oriented. Some scriptures to go along with that would be um, that one that talks about do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Um, and then Romans 12, 10 says, love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor. Philippians 2, verse 4, let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Philippians 2, verse 3, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Now, a little note from 1 Timothy 5, 1, when it comes to older people, how we treat older people. 1 Timothy 5, 1 says, do not rebuke an older man, but encourage him as you would a father. Younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, younger women as sisters in all purity. So we want our kids to learn that part of having good manners is how they speak to their elders. They don't treat them as though they're a peer or a child, but they treat them with honor. Um, The second thing that teaching our kids manners um, helps them learn is it teaches them humility. One thing that one of our sons said uh, quite a while back, he said, you know, I think the sooner that kids understand that the world doesn't owe them anything, the better off they are. And I don't think he's wrong about that, but that takes an attitude of humility. Ephesians 4 verse 2 says, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Proverbs 11.2 says, when pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. Proverbs 22 verse four says, humility is the fear of the Lord. Its wages are riches and honor and life. So one of the things I wanna point out is we're teaching our kids manners because we, you know, for this reason, for these reasons, and for others I'm going to be talking about. But I think the thing we have to bear in mind is it starts at home. It starts on a daily basis. It needs to be part of our daily routine. So that means that our children need to be polite with each other. You know, maybe not obviously quite as polite as, you know, when they're out and about, but for the most part, there needs to be respect and honor um, between the children. And we need to be encouraging that as parents. Um, I did a an, uh, three episode, three part episode um, series on nurturing sibling relationships. And I talked about that because so many of these verses that I'm reading right now and the verses that are in the New Testament that talk about how we're supposed to treat each other um, apply just as fully at home between our children. In fact, that's where it starts. This is where our children learn to be the body of Christ to each other. They learn how to treat others. And so teaching our kids manners is one of the ways that we teach them how to treat others. Now, I will leave a link in the show notes for the Nurturing uh, Sibling Relationships series because if you haven't listened to that, um, it is just loaded with all kinds of great stories and suggestions and um, just a a pretty thorough uh, talk about what it looks like to nurture sibling relationships. And I'm I'm telling my story sitting from down the road. Now, I've been a mom for almost 
33 years and nurturing sibling relationships um, was, was very high on my priority list. Now, it didn't start out that way because I just didn't realize that it was going to be such a big deal. Like being home with the kids all the time was going to turn into a lot of arguing and a lot of conflict resolution and things like that. But I had to put my big girl pants on and figure it out. I wasn't a peacemaking, quote unquote, professional. Um, I learned along the way with my kids. And one of my biggest lessons, again, was realizing that all those verses in the New Testament that talk about how the body of Christ is to treat each other um, is needs to be applied at home, needs to be encouraged at home. Okay, so teaching our kids manners teaches them how to treat others. It also teaches them humility. Um, and I went through those verses as well, remembering that the world doesn't owe them anything, that we're to be completely humble and gentle and patient and bearing with one another in love. These are just a few of the verses that are in scripture when it talks about humility. But the third thing that we teach our kids when we teach them manners is gratitude. So 1 Thessalonians 5 verses 16 through 18 says this, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Philippians 4 verses 6 and 7, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So I want to stop here for just a minute and point out that if you've ever read through the Old Testament, what was one of the biggest sins besides unbelief that the Israelites were reprimanded for? It was lack of gratitude because their unbelief led to a lack of gratitude. And I think it can go the other way too. Lack of gratitude also can turn on into unbelief. And so we want to raise believing children. And so by encouraging them to see and recognize and acknowledge the things that they're thankful for, even if they don't feel like it, because the scriptures here don't tell us Oh, if you feel like being thankful, be thankful. No, it's a command. We are to be thankful. And there's studies that are done. I know you guys have seen um, at least this alluded to, but there is science behind gratitude. There is science behind keeping a thankful journal. There is science behind being thankful. Thankful, and that's why God tells us to be thankful. He was, He created us. He knows better than we do what we need, and gratitude is something we need. It's also something we need to teach our children. Colossians 3, verses 16 through 17 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So what we're doing and what we're teaching our children to do is um, by being thankful is that we are reflecting the character of Jesus. So Philippians 2 verses 5 through 8 
So this might actually fall as much under the humility category as the gratitude category, but I think those two are very, very much related. So I'm going to read this passage to you and you can have those two character qualities in mind as I'm reading it. Philippians 2 verses 5 through 8, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God something to be grasped, but emptied himself. Gratitude does that, right? We get our minds off of ourselves. But he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. So if Jesus walks out that example of humility, that is what we are to do as well because we are Christians, we are Christ followers, and we want our children to learn that as well. Another verse that really is, again, more related to humility, but also gratitude, again, they go hand in hand, Matthew 20, verses 26 to 28. It shall not be so among you, but whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be your slave, even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So we see this attitude of humility that Christ, who was actually God, he was fully man, but he was also fully God, stepped down to become that. So if we have, we ourselves are complaining, or our children are complaining because we have to serve someone, maybe we should stop and think for a minute about Christ. If Christ can and did and would lower himself to that point and were to follow his example, then what, what is the big deal for us to serve one another in love? Okay, so let's talk about a few obstacles that can get in the way of teaching manners. These are just a few things that came to mind. I'm, there may be more, but um, I think I think being consistent can be a real obstacle. It's something we have to really kind of retrain ourselves to do because it needs to happen throughout the day, every day. So then it can feel almost like one more thing to remember. It also requires us to slow down and pay attention. Again, this is about being intentional, moms. We want to teach our children well, and teaching our kids manners really does matter and is really worth the time and the effort. But again, it requires us not to have too many things going on, which is always the temptation for us as moms, isn't it? To just have too many activities, too many things going on that we we can't or won't slow down and pay attention to how our children are interacting um, when it comes to manners. And again, it could feel like one more thing to remember, but it only feels like that if you don't realize the importance of it. Um, It can also, uh, this is kind of like a fair warning actually, when we begin to teach manners or when we are teaching manners, it can often bring a rebellious or stubborn spirit to the surface in our children. They can become very belligerent, especially the more more you know strong-willed ones. That no, they're not going to say please, and no, they're not going to say thank you. And so, 
we're going to talk about that in just a minute, but it's going to kind of be a bit revealing. So be prepared for that because otherwise you may just give up. We Sometimes we just have to change our expectations and say, okay, this I believe is very important. We're going to start by teaching please and thank you. So we're going to, we're going to talk about this in just a minute, kind of what it might look like, what are some basic manners. But when you go to teach these things, if you haven't been teaching them, I encourage you to, to just maybe do one or two at a time. Don't try to take on the whole enchilada at once. Work on one thing at a time. My husband always says, you know, don't try to eat the whole elephant. Take one bite at a time. So maybe you haven't been doing please and thank you. Well, that would be a very, very good place to start. But again, as you do that, or as you implement more training on manners, you're probably going to come up to resistance. And so you have to decide that this is a hill that's not worth dying on, okay? So uh, again, it may bring a rebellious spirit to the surface, which is actually good information for you to have so that you realize and recognize that maybe this kid is actually more stubborn and strong-willed than I gave him credit for, and I really need to be more watchful and mindful about discipline. Okay, um, another obstacle that uh, can come up when it comes to teaching manners is um, making it too complicated, like I mentioned before. We want to keep it simple, but also this can turn into legalism. So maybe you're excited right now as I'm talking about manners. Maybe you're not, but maybe you are, and you're like, gosh, is there a book out there on manners? Okay, there are. I'm just going to give you my own uh, two cents worth here. Um, I would just say, don't get a book on manners. And the reason is I have done that. I have looked, I have purchased and looked at books on, on manners. It was so overwhelming and it got kind of ridiculous. And then it can start into all these rules, which is not what we want. I mean, boundaries are good, all of that. We want this to be organic. We want this to be natural. We want this to be about more purposeful um, I'm not saying that a book of manners isn't purposeful, but as believers, our motivation in teaching our kids manners is we we want to teach them humility. We want to teach them gratitude. We want to teach them how to serve others, how to treat others, how to be other-oriented. So these are biblical, this is a biblical framework that we are um you know, talking about manners within. And a lot of the manners books out there are more like, you know, just trying to impress people, or I don't know what their motivation is, but chances are it's, there might be some out there that have a biblical framework, but again, you might find them getting too complicated and overwhelming. So that's one of the reasons I decided to do this episode. I thought, let's just try to keep it as simple as possible. So let's talk a minute about when do we start manners and how. And here's the thing, start as early as possible, as soon as the baby can ask for things. You know how they start grunting or pointing or whatever, even in, you know, like babble, um, you can teach them to say, please. So let's just say they're in the high chair and they want um, water. So what we did with our, with several of our, our little ones as they were in that stage where they couldn't speak, but they knew what they wanted, we would teach them sign language and just basic things like, um, you know, water, um, hungry, please, and thank you. So we were immediately implementing please and thank you. And um, that was that was one of the best things we ever did. It, it took a lot of the frustration out of the lack of communication that they have when they're, you know, 9, 10, 11 months, 15 months, 20 months, depending on the child, you know, before they actually start speaking. But we want to start then. As, as soon as they can start asking for things, we want to say please, teach them to say please and thank you. 
And how we start is, I mentioned this before, make it part of your daily routine. So anytime a child asks for something and every time they receive something from someone else. So if they're gonna ask for a glass of water, we're, we're not gonna give it to them until they say please. So let's give an, an example here. So when a child asks for a cup of water without saying please, we look them in the eyes. Sometimes we might put a hand on them and say, may I have a cup of water, please? And we don't give it to them until they say it. Now, there could be stubborn ones among you who, especially at first, don't want to cooperate. Don't turn it into a power struggle. Just say the phrase a couple of times be sure to be sure that they heard it. And if they refuse to say, please, you set the glass of water out of their reach and walk away. And when they're ready to say please, which they can absolutely do, if they're not doing it, it's because they don't want to do it. So that may turn into a, okay, if you're not, then you just put on the, the glass of water, say it's okay. If, if you're basically, you, sorry, I'm, I'm stumbling over my words here. Again, clear instruction here a couple of times, may I please have a glass of water? And then if, you know, and then again, to make sure they heard you. And then if they don't, um, respond, you put it up. And you you may have to do this repeatedly. And that would be something like a training session. And then after you give them the glass, then you say, can you say thank you? And if they don't respond after a couple of times, you take the glass and you put it out of their reach. Now, if you find them fighting you for very long, this I mentioned this before, this could be evidence that they are simply a more strong-willed child. And it's a heads up to examine some of their other responses throughout the day to see if they possibly have a rebellious, uh, just a rebellious tendency or a uh, stubbornness that you really haven't noticed. And again, this is your chance to right the ship. And one of the main ways that we can teach our kids if they're struggling to learn the manners is training sessions. This is where we're going to do something repeatedly until they respond properly. So the example I gave earlier, you're just, it's a training session. And even if you want to do a training session when you're not battling it out with them. So let's just say you notice that they're struggling to say please on a regular basis. You can, with a very cheerful attitude, say, we're going to practice saying please and thank you. And you're going to practice by having them say, may I please have a glass of water? And then you hand it to them. Now say, thank you. They say, thank you. Good job. Way to go. And you you practice that several times. And maybe you're going to do this two or three times during a day just to sort of get the hang of it. So training sessions are wonderful for that. So I'm, you might be wondering, okay, I really wasn't taught manners. I don't really even honestly know what basic manners are. So I'm just going to mention several here. And again, The goal in all of this is what we want to teach our kids. Mainly, we want to teach them how to treat others well, how to be other-oriented. But again, in the process, they may learn some humility and some gratitude. Okay, so basic manners. In my opinion, I'm sure that this could be expanded, but I think this is kind of a basic thing that you can um, take and get a good start on it. So please and thank you when asking for and accepting anything. I always like to teach my boys to open the door for girls or for others, especially um, older people, so girls and elderly. Um, Cover your mouth, have them cover their mouth with the inside of their elbow and look away when they're sneezing or coughing and then say, excuse me. Um, If they have to belch, close their mouth at at minimum 
and then say, excuse me afterwards, okay? Uh, Be aware of their surroundings at grocery stores or anytime you're out in public. You know, sometimes you've got kids who just, they're not paying attention. And some kids are worse at this than others. Our youngest was terrible at it. And I know some of it had to do with sensory things and all that. So I'm not faulting you if it's a huge battle for you. I totally get it. But if we can we can just keep encouraging it as much as possible. Sometimes it can be surprising that one day it just clicks. Um, Our youngest now, he's very, very aware of when he's out and about, and he has been for years, but it took many, many years of reminding, reminding, reminding. So we want them to be aware of their surroundings at grocery stores or anytime they're out in public and be able to, you know, if they bump into somebody or say, excuse me, when they're in someone's way or need to make their way through a crowd. Here's a big one, especially with our boys. Don't chew with your mouth open or talk with food in your mouth. <laughs> that was a huge battle. And um, but it was it was one worth waging. And I, I kind of hesitate to call it a battle. It was constant training and reminders. And that's just part of the deal. I think also not interrupting someone's conversation, um, especially the uh, adults. I think that's important for them to be kind of reading the room kind of thing. Um, I will leave a link in the show notes on interrupting because I did do, uh, I did a a podcast episode on interrupting. Sorry, I'm typing because I want to make sure that I share that with you guys um, if you haven't listened to it. And like I said, I'll share also the one on um, nurturing sibling relationships. Okay. Okay, this is kind of might be, I might be stating the obvious here, but let's use utensils, not our fingers to eat, right? Um, So as soon as they're capable or able to to use the utensil, we want to encourage that. Also, and maybe it's because I had a house full of boys, don't lick the plate. Just don't. (laughs) Now, sometimes when it was just our family, I was okay with that. I actually felt kind of good about that. I meant they really loved the meal. But in public, when we're out and about, when people are over, we're not going to lick the plate. Um, and then another one that is kind of, it's its a little more, it's not, it's not quite as basic, but this is something that I see happen a lot at church. And this is kids running in church, okay? So I understand their need to get out and get their energy out. But my concern comes in when you have elderly people specifically. They're not real stable and they can easily be knocked down. And if they break something, it could mean they never walk again. It could mean a hip surgery. It could mean a lot of really serious things for them. So I always just made our kids not, I just said, do not run in church. Just don't. It makes older people uncomfortable too. And we want them to be able to fellowship and relax and not be worried that one of the kids is going to knock them over. Plus the screaming, you know, like the yelling that comes with the running. Again, you guys know I love kids and I love having kids in church. I think it's wonderful. Our church has kids in through everything and I love every bit of it. But I think that it's it's a good idea to consider maybe not allowing your children to run in church. They can run outside or they can run in the gym. There might be a place they can go run, but they can hold that in. They can control themselves um, or they can be given an option where they can run off that energy. But again, for the sake of the elderly, I really suggest not running in church. And also, you know, my kids at first, when you first tell your kids, well, I don't want you running in church, it just sounds like you're a killjoy, Right. 
Um, what I did was I explained to my kids why they couldn't run in church. And once I explained it to them, it meant something so much more to them. And it also increased their awareness of others and also their awareness specifically that elderly are more fragile and we need to be more careful around them. This is a beautiful, beautiful reflection of Christ, of being other oriented, of um, you know, thinking of others as better than ourselves. It's a wonderful thing to be able to do. Okay, I talked about interrupting um, kind of along the same lines when it comes to speaking, what they say, I think our kids need to learn. This isn't really, I wouldn't necessarily put this in the manners category directly, but it is related. Teaching our kids to read the room. So we don't want them to interrupt, but we also want them to read the room and think before they speak. So if they're going to participate in a conversation to maybe think about what they're saying before they say it. And that again is a real process. And it could be a huge process with certain kids who just are really, you know, they spout off at the mouth pretty quickly. But moms, this is our job. This is this is part of our role as raising kids um, that reflect Christ and reflect our faith well is we we teach them to read the room. We teach them to think before they speak. And then also just to be careful what they're talking about. So typically, you know, I don't think that any moms here really allow a lot of corrupt speech, but I'm going to... Um, Read this verse anyway, because I think it's important. Ephesians 4.29 says, um, let no corrupting talk come from your mouths, but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. So again, that's a little more of a nuanced sort of manner, but it's definitely something I think um, our kids would benefit from learning. Okay, now a couple of funny ones. That are, you know, again, probably self-evident. Um, try, sometimes they can't help it, but try not to pass gas in someone else's presence. You know, we've all had that experience where we're all standing there and all of a sudden one of our kids just rips a big one, you know, right? And then they start laughing, which it is often very, very funny. But I think especially around, you know, with boys, especially around girls and adults and olders, if they feel it coming on, I mean, girls too, but girls typically don't do this as much as boys. I guess that's <laughs> that's probably why I'm focusing on the boys. But um, I think it was my sister-in-law who, came, who coined this phrase. She probably heard it somewhere else. But she created this little easy thing to remember. Okay, here it is. Ready? Dart and fart. So it's not fart and dart. Don't fart and then run. Like dart and then fart out of the presence of everybody. And so it's a quick, easy thing for them to remember. And so feel free to use it. You're welcome. <laughs> all right, so all of this, moms, this takes time and intention. And again, this is why I'm such a, a, a fan of and constantly encouraging you to simplify and slow down because these things they do matter and they require us uh, time and attention from us. Now, I, I want to share with you one more verse. Um, oh, maybe a couple more, but this one in particular, I want to share with you. Um, it's, it's talking about doing all things without grumbling and disputing. Okay, so it's kind of reflective of the 
humility and the gratitude, okay? And there's a reason I want to read this verse to you. Philippians 2 verses 14 and 15 says, do all things without grumbling or disputing that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. Think about that. What causes us to be without blemish, to be um, shining as lights um, in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, doing all things without grumbling or disputing. So there's there's just an attitude there, an attitude of gratitude, an attitude of humility, an attitude of being other-oriented. These are the things that are going to cause our children to stand out. And people are going to look at them and say, wow, they're really different. Can you tell me why? And we get an opportunity to share the gospel and the goodness of God. And so I think it's really important to remember that we are not just representing ourselves. We are representing Christ. And we want to do that well. And we want to do that in a way that lines up with scripture. And hopefully um, today's episode has helped that become a little more clear to you what that looks like. Um, Again, our children are going to stand out. We are going to stand out as a family. We have seen this happen. We have experienced this ourselves. Our family has had so many people telling us how well-mannered our kids were, how polite and kind and helpful they were. And again, these are as time goes on and the world is you know just in a in a kind of a yucky place right now especially in our country i think that's going to change down the road one of the reasons it's going to change is because of our children because we taught our children well and people are going to look at that because it's going to be so blaringly obvious compared to the backdrop of what's going on in our culture right now you've got so much selfishness so so much yuck going on and just blatant sin and disrespect when our children are respectful and kind and polite. I'm telling you, it is going to draw people to Christ. The other thing that's going to happen is it's going to create opportunities for our children that they might not have otherwise had. And I'll give you an example. Um, What happens is our children will find favor in the sight of people who wouldn't maybe have noticed them before because, and again, that's not our motivation for doing it, but it is a fruit and a benefit and a blessing of obedience. So here's an example. I remember uh, way back when, oh my gosh, this is a long time ago. Um, let's see, our, our son is 26. So he's probably, it was probably about eight, nine years ago, um, maybe even longer than that. But he was interested in working at a camp, a Christian camp, and the the guy who ran the Christian camp and did the hiring called our home to speak with him. And someone else answered the phone and we we taught our kids to answer the phone this way. They would say, Wilson's, this is Jake. Wilson's, this is Brittany. So there again, oh, that's another thing I didn't have on the list. Teach them how to answer the phone, how to be polite on the phone. That is something that you do need, even though we text a lot now. Phone manners can be absolutely um important, especially in certain jobs and all of that. But so one of the kids answered the phone and they answered it like that. And they, you know, they just were very polite and said, "Um, please hold on, I'll go get him for you. And just that little interaction made our son find favor in the sight 
of that man who was running this camp, he realized that this, this young man was coming from a home where there was intention, where parents were intentionally teaching manners. Parents were intentionally training their children in, in things that most families weren't. And he wanted him to come and work there. And it turns out that he ended up, that ended up being his full-time job for, oh gosh, probably six years, something like that when he got out of high school and everything. So, so it makes a difference, moms. Teaching manners matters. And I hope that today was an encouragement to you. Um, Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you so much for these moms. I thank you for the way that they take the time, Lord, to learn and to listen and to consider um, ways that they can be more intentional in raising their children for you. So thank you for their hearts. Thank you for their openness, for their open ears and open hearts and open eyes. Um, Thank you for the good work that they're doing at home. I ask that you would just pour out a blessing on each and every one. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.